This is a week-to-week -week league, you know, so I'd be saying that whether we won or lost yesterday, that it's a week-to-week -week league. And uh, there's, there's plenty of examples of it every single week in the NFL. And, uh, you know, yesterday was a fun day and, uh, you know, a, a big win for us, a big win on the road and a very hard place to play, hard for anybody to win there. And we're going to, you know, with the 24-hour rules in full effect and uh, right when we get out of these meetings that the players are in and that in this press conference, then uh, we'll be we'll be starting on, on Philly and we're worried about that one. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. What you just heard was the voice of, of course, head coach Dirk Cutter in his uh, game or day after game press conference that he had at One Buck Place. And you're going to be hearing a lot from Dirk Cutter today as David and I react to his press conference. And and he had some great things to say. Yeah, he uh, I, I know there were some people upset online, as there typically are, uh, about the way he handled one of the questions yesterday following the game. But we're not going to get into that. What we are going to get into is some of the stuff that he talked about regarding some of the players, some of the strategy. Um, and, you know, it's there's a lot of good stuff there. But again, you know, as as we said yesterday and as as Dirk Cutter talks about in, in his press conference, it's a week to week league. You can't get too high on the highs. You can't get too low on the lows. And, and that's something we're going to say all season long, regardless, because it's a it's a marathon, guys. And uh you know, we just got to we got to take it one week at a time. And, and now we're we're on to the Philadelphia Eagles. But before we we go headfirst into that preview, let's let's enjoy this this Saints victory or the victory over the Saints, I should say, just a little bit longer. And, and David, I know uh, I know Dirk Cutter had some some solid things to say about Deshaun Jackson and kind of how how they're integrating people. And, you know, what is uh, what is old old coach have to say about that? know that uh but I, th I think there's you know i think we've covered this several times that uh in deshaun's case uh we didn't do a good enough job of giving deshaun chances to to show what he could do last year i mean we didn't we didn't put the ball where he could make plays and uh you know we did a lot better job of that yesterday and he, sh he showed up i mean his i think three explosives of his five catches so that was Dirk Cutter talking about incorporating new players. He was asked about, you know, kind of the coach philosophy of, of incorporating new players. And he kind of took it to the Deshaun Jackson angle, as you, as you heard there. And uh, this is, this is extremely interesting to me. And I knew it would be interesting to you as well. And anybody who's been listening to our show, because uh, we were one of many people last year, kind of screaming and pounding the table, so to speak about using Deshaun differently. And if you go back and listen to the rest of uh, the press conference or read the transcript uh, later on, on, on your own time he also talks about uh that play there at the beginning of the game where last year they ran the exact same play against new orleans but they had adam, adam humphreys and deshaun jackson flipped and and coach cutter actually kind of chuckles at himself but he kind of mentions how uh you know being the smart coaches they are they went ahead this year and decided hey let's put the fast guy on the inside who you know to run the deeper route versus putting the slower guy on the inside doing that and, and having deshaun jackson uh run the short route so and obviously, it, you know, it worked to perfection. So uh, just just encouraging, obviously, to see, you know, that the coaching staff, I mean, we talk about it a lot, right? Why aren't they making adjustments? Why aren't they? And it's not, I don't think anybody actually really believes these guys are, you know, sitting in the locker room at halftime or just sitting at one buck 
uh, just, you know, eating pizza, kicking back, you know, drinking uh, Yoohoo or something, not watching film, not trying to strategize, right? But I almost kind of look at this as, as a problem that's kind of self-made in the National Football League because the NFL teams don't have a lot of external evaluation going on, right? You've got the media and you've got the fans, but uh, who was the coach that said, you know, uh, the fastest way to become a fan is start listening to him? I'm butchering that quote, but you guys all know what I'm talking about. If every, if every NFL head coach or offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, special teams coordinator listened to what all the media uh, talking heads were saying, what all the fans were saying, none of them would have a job because they'd never have a game plan. Because uh, not for nothing, but if you get three fans in one room, the only thing you're going to get two of them to agree on is that the third guy's an idiot, right? So, but it's good. It's encouraging to see that, you know, especially for, for, you, for you and I, James, coming from the angle that we came at for most of last season saying, you know, why aren't they doing different things with Deshaun? We saw them doing some different things towards the end of last season. It was a little too little too late. Uh, but to see that bleed over into this year, uh, now with with Coach Munkin having the control that he does have or having the increased role that he has, obviously they're, they've dedicated themselves to using Deshaun Jackson better. It worked beautifully, so we're just going to see if they can keep up that consistency in week two and three. And then when James gets back, because as, as we all are going to remember, and I'm going to expect that, in James's first game back, we're probably going to get one or two reminders. Sometimes James can miss Deshaun Jackson, uh, as, as hard as that seems like it should be to do. Uh, but just just hearing those comments from Coach Cutter, like I said, just good to hear him talk about how they've kind of thought about this process of incorporating some of these new players and even learning from the players they tried to incorporate last year uh, moving forward. Because if they're thinking outside the box and they're kind of looking at themselves critically saying, what can what did we do wrong? versus trying to just constantly defend what they're doing is right, then it means hopefully some of these things, as they get Carl Nassib on the team further, as they get healthier on the defensive line, uh, get Vita Vea back, and as they get you know guys like Vinny Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul more and more involved with this team and develop that unit, and of course these these young secondary players, hopefully they're going to continue to be just as creative and and you know think just as critically in, when they're uh, talking about getting that unit all put together. Yeah, it was it was great to see Deshaun get involved the way that he did yesterday or on on Sunday and and to be utilized the way that he was, because, yeah, as you said, you know, you and I, uh, which I looked it up, by the way, uh, our our debut podcast was March 1st of last year. But throughout all of the all of the season last year, you know, we were we were screaming about the utilization of Deshaun Jackson. and We weren't the only ones. I'm not going to sit here and act like we were some sort of crazy geniuses that that saw things that other people didn't. I mean, Trevor at Pewter Report was saying it. The guys at the Pewter cast were saying it. I mean, pretty much everybody was saying, why aren't you utilizing him, you know, the way that he needs to be utilized. And it was great to see him get involved. You know, that was, as I said, in, in my pick six column Monday morning on Bucks Nation, you know, that was the Deshaun that we all thought that the Bucks were getting when they signed him to that three-year deal. It was great to see that come to fruition. So it was nice to see the coaches kind of, take a step back, take a look at things and say, you know what, we can maximize our offense if we're using this guy this way, because we just flat out didn't use him properly. And, you know, to make that switch and to game plan a play like that, that worked to absolute perfection, you know, hats off to the coaching staff because they did a great job setting that up and, and putting themselves in a position that, you know, down the line of that game, you know, allowed them to upset the Saints in New Orleans. So it was great to see Deshaun Jackson playing the way that he did. And 
you know, thanks to the way that he played, a lot of you could have, should have, would have won quite a bit of money over at my bookie if you just listen to me and bet on the Bucks with the nine and a half and hammered the over because the truth is we don't know who's going to win but if you think you know then you need to check out my bookie remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with that's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie trust me guys they are your best bet this season they've been in business for years have great reviews online and their mobile site is so so easy to use lay down some cash and you win big today david and i would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us. And my bookie always is. That's why we're urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win. They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy gurus out there, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each and every game. Join now and my bookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N when creating your account to claim your dollar for dollar bonus. You play, you win, and you get paid. David, one of the kind of unsung heroes of yesterday's game while he was able to participate was of course a uh, fan favorite Vernon Hargraves who gets a, he gets a lot of hate. He gets trashed quite a bit. This is still a young guy. He's still learning. He's still developing. And he had two key plays yesterday. Unfortunately, one of them is what caused his injury. He did have a key forced fumble that Justin Evans scooped up and ran in for a touchdown. Then a critical uh, pass breakup on, on a Saints drive, which, of course, led him to being taken to the locker room. And, you know, we don't really have any kind of update as to his status yet. The injury reports come out on Wednesday. But, you know, Cutter had some uh, he had some pretty solid things to say about Vernon Hargraves. I thought it was really good. I thought Vernon, I think Vernon has played <clears throat> played well all through the preseason. He's really worked on his game. He's brought energy. Uh, he's he's been a good leader on the field with the way he's played, and it was just unfortunate. You know, he made a really nice play on the on the play that he got hurt on, and you know we're just hoping for the best in that. Yeah, and and as, as Cutter said, you you just have to hope for the best with Vernon Hargraves. They're already missing Brent Grimes. Uh, we we don't know if he's going to be available on Sunday. Given that it's a groin injury, I'm going to venture to guess that he probably won't be. And I, I said it on on yesterday's show, and I said it on on BucksNation.com in in my column that you saw how badly this team needed Vernon Hargraves out there once he was gone. You know that whole "be careful what you wish for" and you don't know really. You, you don't know what you have until until it's gone. Well, we saw what that secondary was with Vernon Hargraves gone, and it wasn't pretty. I mean, hats off to to Drew Brees and the Saints. Yeah, Sean Payton is a, a phenomenal offensive mind. Drew Brees is a first ballot, surefire Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. But he picked that defense apart just so easily when it was just loaded with rookies and then you had ryan smith out there i mean that's uh, i'm pretty sure i could throw a touchdown pass against ryan smith all mm. due respect but 
you know, it is what it is. So hopefully Hargraves is able to bounce back. It wasn't anything serious, and we can see him on the field against the Eagles. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to need to see Vernon Hargraves back on the field against the Eagles. Uh, hopefully, you know, they can get Brian Grimes back on the field against the Eagles, although uh, I, I have a feeling that Brent Grimes coming back this week is a little bit more out there than, than Vernon Hargraves coming back this week. Um, but either way, I mean, even without Alshon Jeffrey, you know, the Eagles still have some weapons to, to be able to do some things. So the Buccaneers defense needs to come in as as fully stacked as possible uh, against any team. So it, it doesn't really matter if you're facing a Hall of Fame quarterback, or you're facing a Super Bowl winning backup. Um, you want all your pieces available. And Vern Hargraves is a big one. And this isn't the first time we've heard uh, Vern Hargraves' name and leadership, you know, spoken about. Uh, the last time we had Carmen on, she she mentioned that there was something that uh, just kind of happened that day where her and I both had written articles about uh, a dirt cutter comment during training camp in the preseason where he mentioned that Vern Hargraves was becoming a defensive leader, being being very uh, vocal with the defensive guys and kind of uh, helping them to maintain the energy levels and, and all that stuff on the field. So uh, even just from outside of a outside of a playing uh, atmosphere, just just the emotional uh, uh, feeling that he brings to the field is, is valuable. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Tony, uh, Tony Romo. I remember, you know, a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of fans just in general were really down on Tony Romo. And then he went out the first time uh, before his injury problems got really big. And the Cowboys saw uh, what they had without him on the field. And, and, and immediately, you know, the, the Tony Romo detractors kind of changed their tune pretty quickly. And, and it's not as dramatic, you know, with Vernon Hargraves, like you said, uh, the defense definitely looked worse without him, but, uh, Without him, I mean, really, it was just it was rookies and Ryan Smith and Chris Conti, and uh, I think then Chris kind of uh, it might be one of the first games in his career where I mean, essentially, the Saints can just kind of stay away from him because you know there there were plenty of other soft spots to hit uh, in the defense th- throughout the game to not have to kind of pick on him. Um, and then Ryan Smith, like you said, uh, has 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 had his issues being a liability in, in the secondary. So yeah, so so good comments about Vernon Hargraves. Good to hear the coach talk about him, and, and I think. Everything he said about Vernon has been supported by his play on the field during the preseason and then in the, in the regular season opener uh, as much as he was in the game. And then obviously by the impact of of him being off the game, you kind of saw just how valuable he really was. So uh, the, la- the last quote we were, we we're going to play here in today's episode uh, for Dirk Cutter talks about fourth down uh, strategies. And and the reason I, I kind of we kind of earmarked this one for the episode is I actually tweeted during uh, a fourth down situation, the Buccaneers. Uh, we're up 10. It was the uh, third quarter, about seven and a half minutes left in the in the quarter. And they had a fourth and one uh, on their own 34. And I, I kind of quickly tweeted, you know, go for it. Um, I, I was joking, obviously. However, I mean, apparently someone thought about it uh, because he was asked about fourth down strategies and whether to go for it, whether or not to go for it. And really going back through the game, uh, that was the only fourth down I can really think of that anybody would have asked about going for. So since it came up, and since I kind of tweeted about it real quick, I figured uh, that we could share uh, Coach Cutter's thoughts on fourth downs and going for it and strategies and all that. Yeah, well, the percentages say you should go for it almost every time. I mean, we've, we've studied the analytics on it. And the problem with looking at it like that, those are all looking at all fourth downs over the course of a season. Okay, so you might get three in a row, but if I don't get it in this particular game, we might be losing and I might be, I might be out of here. So... Uh, we got a plan for every game. We have a plan for the season, and then we do an analytical plan based on the team we're playing. Uh, there's numbers, there's analytic numbers that 
tell you what to do on every play, but this game isn't played by computers. All right, so uh, it's a combination there. You got to make you got to make decisions in real time and not look back. So as you hear there, Coach Cutter, Coach Cutter gets into you know the analytics and the statistical data on going for on fourth down. And I don't know, James, if you've seen the documentary, but there's a documentary out there about a I want to say he's a high school coach, maybe he's a community college coach who who has a policy of he he never he never punts, he goes for it on every fourth down or or something like that. And I guess he's had some success. I don't know how old that documentary is, so I might be uh, be uh, talking about something that's that's far history. But um, like Coach Cutter said, I mean it's it's. You know, again, my my tweet was was in jest. You know, I, I didn't actually expect the Buccaneers to go for it, uh, especially against the Saints' offense. Granted, it was the third quarter, and if you if you think back at it, the third quarter is the time where the defense was actually doing a fairly good job of of keeping the Saints from moving the ball and getting some some uh, some turnovers, some getting the ball back for their offense here and there. Uh, so I guess if you were going to do it, you would do it then. However, I don't know if it's ever a smart idea um, outside of kind of desperation time. You know. Uh, you're losing and the, and the clock is ticking down to go for a fourth down against the, the Saints uh, with Drew Brees, especially in your own end of the field. Um, the, the the win-loss situation just isn't there. I mean, if, if you convert, you know, that's great. Uh, you still got, you know, 60 yards or so, depending on the play, uh, to, to try to score a touchdown. But if you lose, you know, you've just given one of the one of the best quarterbacks to ever, ever play in the business a uh, 35-yard field with uh, just a 10-point deficit and, you know, you're still in the middle of the third quarter. So way too much time, way too much of an advantage. But, again, just kind of interesting to hear Coach Cutter's thoughts and his, and his uh, I guess, his theology on on uh, on going forward on fourth down. And something I've, I've never liked about these fourth down analytics and stats, right, because I know, like, basketball has leaned on analytics a lot. But the difference about basketball and football is there's a lot of things in football that analytics will measure that kind of rely on what if, right? So when you talk about – conversion rates in the national football league you're talking about you can only measure uh actual fourth down attempts like you can't go back and measure well this fourth and one that the buccaneers didn't try to convert in new orleans you can't say that that would have been converted and therefore add that into your analytical data which makes your analytical data not uh just a little bit less accurate which you know nobody nobody claims that analytical data is going to be rock solid and as long as you follow those numbers you're going to win championships every year that's just not how it's supposed to work but in the world of analytics, fourth down conversion rates is just a little bit less uh, reliable, I think, than most other stats. Like, you know, uh, you know, passes, you know, James Winston completion ratings on passes that travel 20 yards or more. Okay, you can actually measure that with a consistent measure. And, and, and you know, there, there's no what ifs. But fourth down conversions, I mean, you're only talking about a very small population of data as Matthew Stafford throws another interception to the New York Jets. Did you just say he threw another one? He sure did. Unless That's it's not five. Stafford. I don't have my glasses on. I don't have my glasses on. So I uh, suppose it may not be Stafford in the game. Good. He's your fantasy quarterback, isn't he? He is. He is. Took him in the 14th round. Only hey, quarterback listen, I drafted. I don't know what your fantasy coach says, but your your real football coach says you got to take this week by week. So you're going to have to eat this one, buddy. Hey, no, I still have a chance to win because I still have Marshawn <laughs> and Gurley. I need into your league so bad. If you still have a chance to win with Matthew I mean, Stafford doing what he's done tonight, granted, I need in your league. The guy that I'm facing has Cooper and Cooks, but yeah. I'm not out of it yet. That's feast or famine right there. There's no middle ground. No, there is not. I need two running backs to break the single game rushing record in the same 
game. But anyway, and we're not here to talk about my fantasy team. We're here to talk about the Buccaneers. And I agree with you completely. I didn't understand any any reason the Buccaneers should have gone for it on any of the fourth downs yesterday. That's to me, that's always been game script reliant. You know, you go for it on fourth when you really need to. I understand if it's fourth and inches from midfield and you have a quarterback the size of a Jameis Winston or a Roethlisberger or a Cam Newton and all they have to do is fall forward that's a high percentage fourth down play I get it but when you're looking at you know fourth and two fourth and three and you're in your own territory and it's early in a game and you're facing someone as you said like Drew Brees it just doesn't make any sense you know I had I there was never one moment in in Sunday's game when I was watching and I thought to myself, they should really go for it on fourth down here. It just, it it never made any sense to me. Even when, uh, when they struggled inside the five yard line had to, uh, I I think they ended up taking a penalty and it, it moved the field goal attempt back. But, you know, even then it's like, you know what? No, just put the points on the board. You guys are doing fine. You know, just, keep keep putting points up on the board don't risk anything and it worked so fourth downs to me just they they rely so heavily on how the game is is progressing what the game script is how much time is left who you're playing it's it's not madden it's it it's not madden it's not high school it's not middle school it's not you know flag football with six and seven year olds when you're not even allowed to punt you know, it, it's not one of those situations. It's this is the NFL. These are the greatest athletes playing this sport in the entire world. You know, pick your battles. And if you don't have to do it, don't, you know, don't, don't take the risk because it's almost like that. Um, it's almost like that quote. And I, again, I can't remember who said it, but it's, you know, only, only three things can happen when you pass the ball and two of them are bad. Yeah, it's almost like that with with fourth down. There's only so many outcomes in in most of these situations. It will result in a negative outcome rather than a positive one. So, David, you got anything else before we close things out here today? No, I think that pretty much sums up uh, the Coach Cutter press conference, kind of the key points we wanted to hit. Uh, Again, the, the entire press conference is about 20 minutes long, so if if you want to hear more, obviously that's up on Buccaneers.com. Uh, you can find the transcripts, or you can you can just listen to it yourself. But uh, yeah, I think I think we hit on the areas that we wanted to hit on. All right. Well, coming up tomorrow, we have our crossover Wednesday episode to begin our preview on the Buccaneers and the Eagles. Make sure you're sending in your voicemails and get entered in to win that autographed Quan Alexander jersey. All you have to do is call 813-444-58. Four one leaves about a 30 to 45 second message. If you can leave your Twitter handle in the message. So if you do win that Jersey, it'll make it easy for us to contact you. If you hear your voice on the air, you're entered to win. You can enter as many times as you want. As long as you send in good voicemails and we play you, you have another entry. Make sure you're checking out everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at locked on bucks at jyarko underscore bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks we would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at locked on bucks very happy for the guys these guys deserve it i mean they did, we played hard but uh i mean 
literally a few minutes after that game, I was thinking about Philly, and uh, that's just how you have to be. I mean, that's just you start, you, you know, because we have injuries. Uh, we, you know, we we knew we had left Brent Grimes at home. Uh, you know, you start you start worrying. I start worrying about how we're practicing on Wednesday, and uh, you know, you just start worried about the, the things you have to get done. And you know, the losses the losses stick with you more than the wins are celebrated. That's just how it has to be right now. And that's I'm talking for me personally. The players, I hope they I hope they uh, lived it up or however they celebrate. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, go home and hang with his kids or whatever it is, but you got you gotta move on.